Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, verses 6 through 9, called Sharing Abraham's Blessing. This is why belief is so prominent and preeminent in the Bible. God wants you, brother, sister, friend, to take him at his word. Not to believe that you get saved by some other means, but you get saved by believing and trusting in him. And in both Greek and Hebrew, the Old Testament written in Hebrew primarily, the New Testament written in Greek, the word is the same. Belief in the Bible is to trust the word of God. It's to say, if you say that's how I get saved, then that's what I'm going to believe. And the Judaizers, if you've been with us in Galatians as we've studied it, these folks uh, around the church were saying, no, you've got to be circumcised to be saved. You've got to keep the food laws to be saved. Gentiles, non-Jews, need to convert over to Judaism to be saved. And Paul says, no, they don't. Before Abraham was circumcised, 14 years before the sign of circumcision was given in Genesis 14, uh, 17, Abraham was already proclaimed righteous in Genesis 15. And this is the point of the illustration. Paul has used an experiential example in chapter 3. Take a peek in verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? When you got saved, here's what Paul is saying, experientially, subjectively, if you will. You heard the gospel and you got saved just by believing in what you heard. Amen? You heard a preacher gave you the gospel and you said, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and you were born again of the Holy Spirit the moment that you believed. True? You didn't do 50 push-ups. You didn't have to change your diet in the following week, although some of us need to, especially after the holidays. Can I get a witness? Anyway, giving your cookies away. Take this, take this, take the popcorn, please. Anyway. You see, there's an experiential argument given in verses 1 through 5, and now a scriptural argument given, if you're taking notes, in 6 through 14. And the scriptural argument is from 2 uh, sections or two verses in Genesis, all the way back to Genesis to make his point. Because the Judaizers, these religious leaders, they made their claim back to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. This is from one commentator. He says, Jewish tradition emphasized Abraham's obedience rather than his faith. For example, in 1 Maccabees 2.52, it says, was not Abraham found faithful when tested and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. The sacrifice of Isaac in Genesis 22 is merged in 1 Maccabees with Genesis 15.6 with the result 
that Abraham's obedience rather than his faith is featured. Abraham's obedience, particularly in the sacrifice of Isaac, was a common theme in Jewish writings. I can give you the references if you want them. Paul does not discount Abraham's obedience in Romans 4. Nevertheless, in contrast to Jewish Second Temple literature, Paul puts the accent of Abraham's faith above Abraham's works. It is true that Abraham received the sign of circumcision 14 years later. It is true that Abraham went up on Mount Moriah in Genesis 22 and God said, offer Isaac as a burnt offering to me and Abraham took the knife and he was ready to do it. But that was 30 plus years after Abraham was already declared righteous by his faith. Now, Abraham had a faith that worked. And I know some of us, we hear teaching like this and we get a little concerned. Are we saying that people can just say a sinner's prayer and that's it and they got their fire insurance and they stick it in their pocket and then they go live like the devil the rest of their life and we're saying they're okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're saved by faith. Saving faith is what it's all about. But saving faith is not going to be without works. Amen? A true faith is going to produce fruit. And if you don't have fruit in your life, go back and look at the root. If you don't have fruit, you better re-examine the root. But if you are born again, fruit is going to come out. It's going to come out of your life at different, uh, in different ways. You're going to have stages, if you will. You're going to grow. Sometimes we'll have seasons of dryness. But you don't have to be on a roller coaster in the Christian faith because your salvation is not based upon performance. It's based upon a finished work accomplished for you and me at the cross. This is what Abraham experienced. This is what every Old Testament saint experienced. And I want to show you the first quotation. It's all the way back in Genesis 15. Let's turn there in our Bibles. If you're having trouble locating the book of Genesis, we have counseling set up. <laughs> Genesis 15. Let's start in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abram. He may have been afraid because he just had a battle with some kings in chapter 14. God says, I'm a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. 15.2 of Genesis. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Abram said, since you have given no offspring to me, 15.3, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he, God, took him outside and said, now look toward the heavens. And count the stars if you're able to count them. He said to him, so shall your descendants be. Then he, Abram, believed in the Lord, and he, God, reckoned or credited it, his belief to him as what? As righteousness, which be, means he was made right in God's sight just from that belief. Now that was an act of faith, was it not? I think Abraham is 75 at the time. Or at least he was 75 when he's first called out of Ur of the Chaldees. He's an old guy. Now we know a miracle child is coming to very old parents. <laughs> right? 
God's going to do a miracle in taking barrenness and the deadness of Sarai's womb and producing a child whose name Isaac will be known as laughter. Every time they see him, they're going to go, <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> we have a baby. <laughs> Amazing. What's God asking you to believe him for? Is anything too difficult? For the Lord. Well, how am I going to have all these descendants, like the stars that are uncountable, that you call all of them by name, Lord, if I don't even have a kid? And my biological clock is ticking, and so is hers. <laughs> Do you know how old we are? <laughs> Come outside. Look up. Do you know who made those stars? I did. I call them all by name. And you're going to have descendants as the stars of the sky, the sand of the seashore. What did Abraham do? He believed. He said, if you say it, God, I believe it. I don't know how you're going to do it. <laughs> you ever been there before? <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do this. Let me update you on current events, Lord. Do you know who I am? Do you know my gifts? Do you know my abilities? Can you use somebody like me? Oh, I've been doing it for a long time, God might say. He said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans, seven, to give you this land to possess it. He said, O oh Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? He said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. In ancient custom, if you were going to enter into a covenant that was lofty or serious, they would literally cut animals in half along basically the back. They would take half of the animal except for the birds because they were too small and they would separate them and the two parties of a covenant would walk through the animal pieces and the blood and they would make an agreement. This is the idea of meeting in the middle. They would meet in the middle of these uh, fallen animals, if you will, and they would seal their oath in blood. And some historians and commentators say they would add the idea or the symbolism would be, if I don't keep my end of the bargain, may I become like these animals who have been cut in two. Serious, right? And in the ancient world, if you didn't keep a covenant after you did a ceremony like that, you were looked down on. It was a very uh, bad thing. So he cuts all these animals that we can see are connected to sacrifice in Scripture. He brought all these to him. He cut them in two, laid them opposite each other, but he did not cut the birds. The birds of prey, you can imagine, came down upon the carcasses and Abram drove them away. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. 
You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And the two parties of a covenant would walk through the animal pieces and the blood. And they would make an agreement. This is the idea of meeting in the middle. They would meet in the middle of these uh, fallen animals, if you will, and they would seal their oath in blood. And some historians and commentators say they would add the idea or the symbolism would be, if I don't keep my end of the bargain, may I become like these animals who have been cut in two. Serious, right? And in the ancient world, if you didn't keep a covenant after you did a ceremony like that, you were looked down on. It was a very uh, bad thing. So he cuts all these animals that we can see are connected to sacrifice in Scripture. He brought all these to him. He cut them in two, laid them opposite each other, but he did not cut the birds. The birds of prey, you can imagine, came down upon the carcasses and Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not yours, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve. This is a prophecy about coming Egypt in the book of Exodus. And afterward they will come out with many possessions. Indeed they did. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. God was waiting for Canaan's sin to become uh, fully ripe before his eyes, before he would judge them. And the Amorites are part of the Canaanite area. And it came about when the sun had set that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant. The word covenant there in Hebrew is barit. It literally means to cut. And the animal pieces, of course, symbolize that. On that day, the Lord made or cut a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. When the passing in the, through the animal parts took place, God is pictured in 17 as a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. Abram did not meet God in the middle. Abram was asleep. He fell into a deep sleep. What's the message? In Genesis 15, God made an unconditional covenant by himself. 
you want to read something along with this, read Hebrews 6. God could swear by no one higher, so he swore by himself. And he passed through the animal parts as if to say to Abram, I will be good to my promise, and it's going to be by me and me alone. Abram's asleep. He has no role in this except as a passive participant. All the work will be done by God. Amen? This is what we need to understand. If something is going to really have a spiritual impact in 2020, it's going to be because it's the work of the Holy Spirit. We can come up with all kinds of programs, all kinds of you know, approaches, but in the end, we've got to pray that God moves in 2020. Amen? That He moves in my heart and your heart and life. You see, God symbolized the covenant through passing through the animal parts and was saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. I will be true to my word. And that truth is going to involve sacrifice. Now, Genesis 15 is the first quote that Paul gives in Galatians 3. And then he quotes Genesis 12. So just turn a few pages back. Here's what he quotes. And in reading on this this week, Commentators were saying that because Paul orders his quotations from Genesis 15 first to Genesis 12, we need to read Genesis 12 in the lens of Genesis 15. That's just this simple. Abraham's belief credited righteousness to his account. And here's, let me just explain the language for a minute. So he believed God, he trusted God's word, even though he hadn't realized the promise yet. And God said, because you believe me, I'm going to credit your account with righteousness. Now the idea of the Greek word here is, it's logizomai, and it means to take something that belongs to somebody else and put it into another person's account. And that happened by faith. So imagine... If, if you did all your Christmas shopping and it's early January and you say, you tell your friend, yeah, I think I have about 15 bucks in my checking account. And you check online and all of a sudden you have $1,015,000 in your checking account. You're like, what happened? Bank error in my favor, Monopoly. Uh, this is awesome, Right? But wouldn't you wonder, well, where did that come from? I don't think I had a million dollars. And imagine that someone you don't even know credited your account a million dollars. Some of you are saying, yes, I'd love to experience this. Please, can this be reality? Right? And so this is the idea. Someone, here God, credits your account with something that doesn't belong to you simply because you trust the word. And what Abram received, please hear this well, was a foreign righteousness. This is what it means to be saved and made righteous before God. Abram was still the same man. You read his story. He lied. He had his own weaknesses. He had problems just like we all do. What changed in Abram at that very moment was a crediting of righteousness that didn't belong to him. This is why theologians call it a foreign righteousness. It goes to his account simply by him trusting in God. It belongs to another. Now please hear me because this is critical for your understanding of the gospel. When you trust Jesus Christ, 
a transaction occurs. God takes the righteousness of Jesus, a foreign righteousness, what doesn't belong to you, and he puts it into your account the moment you take him at his word. You get the righteousness of Jesus. And the divine transaction of the gospel is this. Very important. Your sin goes to Jesus at the cross and his righteousness goes into your account by faith. And this is called the great exchange of the cross. My sin went to Jesus at the cross. The innocent sufferer dies in my stead. And his righteousness, the moment I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, goes to my account. It's the great divine transaction. The great exchange of the cross. This is God's exchange rate, if you will. He gives you, not only does he forgive your sin, he gives you the righteousness of Jesus credited to your account the moment you say, I believe, I surrender, credited, righteous in my eyes. You can't get more righteous than the righteousness of Christ. Amen? Sometimes, you know, we look in the mirror and we go, can you love somebody like me? Can you use somebody like me, Lord? And you have the righteousness of Christ right now. If you're a Christian right now, you are right in God's eyes. Amen? It's pretty good news, isn't it? Because the only other option is to be wrong in His eyes. And to be cloaked in the unrighteousness of your sin. And you, even your Good deeds, Isaiah 64, are like filthy rags before the Lord. I need the righteousness of one who's actually righteous. And I've got it the moment I believe. You've been listening to Sharing Abraham's Blessing, Part 2, on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, you can listen on our Living Truth app or your favorite podcast app like iHeartRadio, iPodcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. You can even listen to the episodes in Galatians that you might have missed. So listen to the Walk in Truth podcast while you're working from home, while you're cooking, while you're out on an evening walk. Also, if you listen on iTunes or iPodcast, could you please leave us a rating? The more good ratings we get, the more people will see our program as it goes up to the top of the list. So we appreciate that and thank you for doing it. Now, here's Pastor Michael. You know, thinking about Abraham's blessing, we think about the fact that we are part of a big family. As we follow in the footsteps of Abraham, Abraham was called out of idolatry. God said, trust me, leave your homeland. I'm going to show you the way. And faith is taking one step at a time. It's growing little by little. And you may feel like, man, I, <laughs> I have such little faith. Does that make me a poor believer? Well, it just means that you're growing and you can grow in your faith. I, I remember a passage when Jesus was talking about forgiving your brother up to seven times a day if he repents. And the disciples who had been walking with him said, Lord, increase our faith. It's possible for your faith to grow, to grow in your most holy faith. That's the goal. So you may feel like, man, I don't have a strong faith right now. Well, hey, you can grow and it can become stronger and stronger and stronger. 
I know one of the things that may chip away at our faith, if that's a way to put it, and I think we all kind of get the image there, is looking at the COVID-19 pandemic and looking at some of the race tensions issues that are going on and the protesting and the healing that needs to take place in the church and in the country. There's so much going on and so much feels out of control. And maybe that's not a bad place for us to be in this sense that us feeling out of control means maybe we'll ask God to take control of our lives, our hearts, our churches, our country. It will drive us to our knees to pray and to be part of the solution. And I'm sure that's what you want to do. And that's what I want to do as well. And I don't have all the answers, but I know as I walk with Jesus, he'll show me the way. Hey, if you need to talk to a pastor, if you have a prayer request, you just need an ear to hear where you're at. You can call us at 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday, 844-48-TRUTH. Remember, you can always utilize the website at walkintruth.com. And we will catch you tomorrow for more of the book of Galatians. Glad you're listening. We're praying for you. Keep praying for us and tell a friend about what you're hearing. We'll see you tomorrow. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and to do free apologetic events. All for the sole goal of equipping you as a believer or to help you learn more about Jesus if you're not a Christian. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter three, verses six through nine, called Sharing Abraham's Blessing. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.